Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Mornings on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah. 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 Happy being alive day, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Coming your way in 20 minutes, Bearcats AD John Cunningham as Cincy makes the transition to a Power 5 conference and will open up against Oklahoma as they enter their brand new Big 12 era. Also, in 40 minutes, we've got your sound check, your best audio of the day. And my topic sheet just says, Shep puts somebody on blast. And that's all I need to know. Now I'm completely locked into soundcheck. <laughs> now I'm totally fired up for this. I was just waxing poetic yesterday about the creamsicle Buccaneers uniforms as they're bringing them back for one game this year. And this all folds into the Patriots will have a Pat Patriot game this year, the old school unis. The Eagles will also have a Kelly Green Uniform Day game this season. And this all folds into the NFL finally relenting on the one-shell rule. When everything blew up about CTE and the Will Smith movie came out, Concussion, and everybody was freaking out about brain injuries, brain trauma in the NFL, the NFL went hyper-careful and said, we're not going to allow more than one helmet for the entire year for any of these teams. And so if you think about the throwbacks that were in play, all of the throwback uniforms and helmets had the same base color helmet. So take the Dolphins, for example. The Dolphins have a white base helmet, and so they could just slap the old school 1970s, 1980s logo on that. But you couldn't change the actual color of the helmet. Think about the Giants. The Giants have a different color blue helmet than they did back in the 80s, but they could put the 80s Giants across the the front of the, the helmet. Now you can have multiple shells, multiple helmets, and so that has opened up for the Buccaneers to have the creamsicles and, as I said, Kelly Green Eagles, Pat Patriot Whites, all that type of jazz. And I always found this to be remarkably funny because... In college football, Oregon has like seven shells. Every team, every school has a metallic shell now. Everybody has a chrome shell to go along with their normal helmet. So either 
college football was way more unsafe over the last decade and just didn't care. Or the NFL was acting like it was safer to have one shell, but really it was just a dog and pony show. My guess is it's more along the second part of things because if the NFL was so worried about the safety of its players, would it not mandate that college football also had a one-shell rule considering those are players that eventually will play in the NFL and you would want them to have avoided significant head injuries for the three or four years they are playing in college? But the NFL didn't step on any toes in college. So am I really supposed to believe that the one-shell was protecting the brains that much more? Seems silly to me. Anyway... We now have a whole new plethora of options open up to us. And a couple of Bills players, including Dawson Knox the other day, posted photos of the old school Bills red helmets. Now, it's funny to call them old school, but they're now more than 12 years old as the Bills went to these new Josh Allen threads which are the same logo as the 90s Bills, but the white helmet, obviously. And since a couple of Bills posted this on social media, the question is, was this just a promotion for a, a beer? Or was it a wink, wink, nod, nod? The Bills are bringing back the Reds. I, I'm on Twitter or Facebook right now. And... I personally love the current Bills iteration of uniforms. I think they're totally clean when they flipped to the white helmet with the rushing Buffalo and then the blue home jerseys or the white on white and they cleaned up the font and they cleaned up the striping and they cleaned up all the different colors they had. I mean, remember the Travis Henry years, how ridiculous that pseudo mashup of the 90s and 2000s were. They became instantaneously one of the cleanest looks in the NFL. I love the current Bills jerseys. But since the 90s are back, everything about the 90s apparently is cool these days. You know what? The Bills throwing in a little red helmet, a little splash to Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, Bruce Smith, and that gang, I'm all for. One game a year, why not? Give me the red Bills helmets. They're not better. These white ones are better. But for one game a year, Oh, yeah. Sign me up. I take that. Take that. Take that. I take that. And now knowing we at least get one game a year with these beautiful old school retro uniforms. I'm so happy. Much better than those damn color rush abominations that they forced down our throats. And it's so funny how so many NFL teams, baseball teams, basketball teams all now realize that their threads from 25 to 30 years ago are actually better than the ones now because basically once they started handing over the design decisions to these Nike boardrooms or boardrooms of designers that have no connection to football or basketball, the sport itself, and have no idea about the history of what the game looks like, they come up with ghastly, garish, disgusting combinations, and then the fans go, oh, my God, this is awful because the general managers or the owners of the marketing department have no idea what they're looking at, and they're like, oops, 
Look what happened to the Cleveland Browns a couple of years ago. Let's let Nike rebrand us. Yay! What are those? Ew. Fans hate them. Uh-oh. Better go back to the old ones. Yay! Buccaneers. Alarm clock numbers. What? Ew. We hate them. Uh-oh. Let's go back to the others. Yay! Here's a word of the wise. Don't let Nike redesign your uniform. All week long, we have had listeners dial us up and do on-air interviews for the soon-to-be-open executive producer role here on the show. And I have just thought that the efforts from a lot of the listeners to try to, to really set themselves apart or to be ingratiating themselves to the show show us how they can help out the program, show us how they can be an asset to Pete the Body behind the glass, have been really stellar. Really, everyone's come off, I thought, very well. They've been trying hard, good effort. But yesterday we had a very unique call. It was from Dan in Mechanicsburg. Now, Dan's been a longtime listener to the show, and Dan has showed up to both Bob's Bar 2 and Bob's Bar 3. He's most notable for actually having slept at Mraz's house. He's still the only listener to have done that, falling asleep at Bob's Bar 2 on the couch downstairs at Bob and Nancy's abode. And he called us up yesterday throwing his hat in the ring. Now, Dan of Mechanicsburg knew he had to try to set himself apart, and so he began by doing some impersonations that we had no idea. Now, he's been tweeting at the show, and he showed up to Bob's bar, and we thought that his bit was just trash quarterback for the 90s and 2000s, those jerseys. You turn around, and there's another David Garrard jersey. You're like, oh, my God, where did he find a Kellen Clemens jersey? And little did we know that he actually had an array of impersonations as well. But then, as we were goofing off with Dan of Mechanicsburg, and he was making us laugh, we realized, my God, also, Dan in Mechanicsburg has the best laugh ever. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. <laughs> Eat the body, bloody. It's me, Macho Dan, Randy Dan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's wonderful because the laugh is almost like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon covering his mouth and laughing at, like, the balloon crashing. <laughs> like, trying to keep it down. You're laughing, but you're trying to keep it down to the house. Or you're laughing under your breath at something that happened at school. The teacher has toilet paper stuck to his shoe. <laughs> the body, bloody. I want to play one more time in its entirety the Dan of Mechanicsburg laugh montage because I was putting this together yesterday after the show and I was dying laughing at the workstation. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> Eat the body, bloody. It's me, Macho Dan, Randy Dan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ma 
Macho Man Randy Dan. (laughs) (laughs) I got to the point yesterday where I think either you or Bogus asked. You're like, are you playing his laugh over him? And you're like, no. I thought that was Pete playing drops. That's how good I thought Pete was on drops, that within the same phone call, he could have pulled the first laugh that Dan and Mechanicsburg had and then used it throughout the entire call. But no, Dan was just laughing the entire time with the same, almost the same identical tone. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So by virtue of laugh alone, I believe Dan has zoomed to the top of the potential producer rank. Well, I mean, I'm a easygoing guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 how's it going, DA? <laughs> I don't even I know. actually make food uh, for football food of the week, so I would have some recipes lined up uh, and actually would make them and taste them and make sure that the listeners would enjoy them (laughs) now that's a huge plus as well a direct blow across the bow to Merez I would actually make the football food of the week the listeners actually like my football food of the week (laughs) (laughs) and I don't even know if that was a good fat Albert impersonation but I just appreciate that I picked up hey it's Dan Mechanicsburg Dan how you doing and he opened with, hey, 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 D.A. Hey, 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 how's it going, D.A.? <laughs> it's kind of like a half-hearted Fat Albert. Yeah, I don't think he wanted to blowtorch his way onto the air with Fat Albert, but at the same time, he wanted to let you know, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm here with some Fat Albert for you right out of the chute. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 how's it going, D.A.? <laughs> hey, 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 how's it going, D.A.? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> It's like he pulled a prank. Yes. And he, and only he knows. He definitely threw the cherry bomb down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal. I wish I heard more of that at Bob's bar. I know. <laughs> when we come back on the show, Bearcats AD John Cunningham on the transition to the Big 12. DA, CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The only radio show where listeners are invited to their childhood homes. <laughs> the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to CBS Sports Radio, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. Damon Amendolara, DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. And the Big 12 Media Days are here, which is kind of the official kickoff of college football, which is a great thing. And the Big 12 has a new look. Four new schools are entering the fray. Included in that, Cincinnati. The Bearcats have built one of the best group of five programs in all of college football and now get to test the waters of the Power Five. Joining us here on the show is Athletic Director at Cincinnati, John Cunningham. John, how are you? I'm doing well, DA. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. Just describe what what the anticipation is like from the fan base, from the campus, from the alumni going into this brand new era for Cincy. Yeah, it's, I described it the other day as palpable. I mean, you, you certainly feel it around campus. You feel it in this city. The city has so much pride in this university. Um, and you just, everywhere you go, people want to talk about the Big 12. The Big 12 means a lot around here. And, um, you know, I, I just can't tell you how excited we are. Obviously, we, we put a lot of time, effort, energy, resources into getting to this point and then to now have it be the time that we get to uh, go, go as you said, test the waters at the Power 5 level and, and compete at the highest level. Our student-athletes and coaches are just ecstatic. You took over as AD back in December of 2019, so you've been at this for about four years. When you took over the program, was or took over that position, was one of your intentions to look for Power 5 opportunities? It was the one question that everyone asked me, and it was obvious to me coming in that that uh, we needed to be ready um, if and when. I always say I always use the term if and if and when the time was right, and uh, we were a good fit for uh, a Power Five conference, and and maybe specifically the Big Twelve. Uh, we had to be ready, and so uh, taking this job, it was really about making sure that we had the resources in place and making sure that we had the coaches in place and, and the success um, on the field of play to, to be ready um, if the call was, was ever to come. And it, and it did, and it's just been, it's been so much fun since. So when so much pressure's built up on that one, that one path, when you finally get the invite to the Big 12, and now that it's real, I mean, there's Big 12 media days here, so they can't recant. You're in it. You're, you, have, you guys have to move forward now. Is there an exhale? Like, oh, God, we got it done. I, I was telling somebody the other day, I, I think I exhaled for about an hour um, on July 1st and, and got to celebrate. We've got a, a new deal with a local brewery where the, uh, to help out with our NIL for a beer called Cincy Light. So I had a Cincy Light beer and got to exhale for about an hour, and then I realized, <laughs> oh, man, now we got to go compete. 
now it's yeah. real right now. And, and I think, I think all of our coaches feel that too. You know, we, it, it's been such a fun ride to get to this point. We've won so many games and had so much success. Um, but now it, it definitely feels real that, that this is, this is, you know, murderer's row when it, when it comes to week in and week out having to play high level competition in schools that are, that are resourced. Uh, above you probably, but certainly at your level, and, and that's what we're excited about. AD at Cincinnati, John Cunningham joining us ahead of the Bearcats' entry into the Big 12. Well, September 23rd is going to be interesting. At Nippert Stadium to open up Big 12 play, is this a good thing or a, oh man, what did the conference do, bringing Oklahoma to town to open up your first ever Big 12 game it's a daunting task, but boy, it's exciting. How does it feel? It's the perfect fit for us to open up Big 12 play. Uh, to play that that team, that legendary program um, in Nippert Stadium, one of the oldest football stadiums in the country, our, our fan base could not be more excited about it. Um, so to me, it, it's absolutely the, per, the perfect fit. And, um, I, you know, everybody – it's going to be a hot ticket. It's one of the hottest tickets in town, and, and so that will make a lot of fun. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta wonder how many people have hit you up for tickets already on that, where you've had to say, "Ah, guys, I, I can't help. I'm all out." That's that's the one game for sure that that um, I'm getting hit up on a lot, and um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna to have to push them to some other uh, games. We have so many cool, unique stories about teams coming into Nippert for the first time in the Big Twelve, and so. Um, you know, it, it's just going to be a really fun season. We've got seven home games this year, five Big 12 uh, home matchups. And, uh, you know, we're, it, it, I just can't tell you how, how, how much excitement there is around it. I guess the key here is to ask everybody that hits you up for a ticket for the OU game if they can buy season tickets to the volleyball team or maybe uh, donate to a press box at the Cincinnati Bearcats baseball stadium. you got you got to leverage this to help out all the other uh, programs leverage is a good thing we just had taylor swift here and uh you couldn't you know that that was the hottest ticket in town and uh, leverage is a good thing that's what we always talk about we've got we've got one of the smaller stadiums in the big 12 uh but demand is good and you can certainly uh use that that demand and, and leverage it the ways that you need to to support other programs and, and financially support your your athletics department did you go see taylor swift no, no, um, I didn't. I was out of town, but boy, did that thing take over this this city. I mean, she she had two shows downtown on what they call the banks, and um, it, it was a reminder. I we had a couple coaches go, and it was a reminder of how you put on a really good show and how you treat your fans, um, and and then again, kind of the the importance of having the hottest ticket in town. And so, you know, you try to. You try to learn from all of those types of experiences in this in this industry, and um, she puts on a great show. I saw some of the video from Cincinnati of the crowd just packed to the gills in the stadium, and then the fireworks going off, and everybody just going crazy. It was it was an epic scene. And what you're reminded of is all of us in sports are like, oh, where you know the Super Bowl is huge, or the college football playoff is huge. What we do is huge. And then you see a Taylor Swift concert to go. But we're not that huge. That's a different kind of huge. It's true. It's absolutely you know, and we've got the Reds going too, and so we had a big Reds uh, weekend, and they're they're on fire, and Taylor Swift's playing, and and we announced at the exact same time uh, that we're you know the the official entry into the Big Twelve. 
So that July 1st weekend around Cincinnati was really special. And it's a sports city and um, it's an event city. And so that, that, that made it really fun. This is cool. Well, the Reds are in first place. The Bengals have Super Bowl aspirations, and the Bearcats are entering the Power Five as a Big 12 team. They'll start playing the Big 12 Saturday, September the 2nd, against Eastern Kentucky at home. They open up Big 12 play against Oklahoma on September the 23rd at Nippert, which should be a shot, should be a sight to see. Joining us here on the show is A.D. John Cunningham at Cincinnati. John, thanks so much for stopping on by. Best of luck in the Big 12 this season, and I appreciate the time. Of course. Great to be with you. Take care. Very good. Big 12 Media Days all throughout the week, and we'll have TCU's head coach Sonny Dykes join us coming up this morning on the show in hour number four. Speaking of Cincinnati, good time for Cincinnati sports fans. As I just mentioned, Reds are in first place. Bengals have Super Bowl hopes and dreams. UC is going to the Big 12. And how about this little Twitter infographic from Bet Online that they sent along? They did a study of all 30 baseball teams who has the friendliest fans. Friendliest fans in Major League Baseball? The Reds came in at number one. I guess they canvassed Twitter for nice tweets amongst fans and terrible tweets amongst fans. Cincinnati came in number one. Minnesota, number two. That seems pretty likely. Ever go to Minnesota? People are incredibly polite, incredibly nice. Oh, eh. Very, very nice. The least friendly teams, fan base, also not that much of a surprise, the Boston Red Sox. (laughs) It was either the Red Sox or the Phillies, right? There was probably only two real answers there, but the Red Sox came in dead last of friendly tweets amongst fans, two other fans, etc. Shocking. Yeah. I'll tell you, you know, I was I was in Boston for 4 years in the middle of the 20-year run of greatness. So I was there between 09 and 2013. Now, I saw the Bruins win a Stanley Cup, the Celtics go to the NBA Finals, and the Red Sox kind of be up and down in the playoffs, but not get to the World Series. They had kind of sandwiched the World Series before and after I had been there. And the Patriots go to the Super Bowl, but lose. They had gone back to the Super Bowl the second year after I had left and then won another three out of four years. But that winning, it begat a lot of just expecting the teams will always be great. And there were old fans that remembered the 70s and 80s and 90s and said, you got to be kidding me. This is not this is not what it's always going to be. You, this next generation has no idea. These kids holding up signs that I've been to like eight parades and I'm eight years old. That is not the way that it used to be around here. And there was a bit of a, a generational divide of the, no, the harsh reality is this is just a moment in time versus a younger generation that just expected every team would always be awesome. And now that Boston has kind of sunk back into a little bit more of normalcy where the Patriots are not going to win the Super Bowl and the Bruins were great last year, but they collapse in the first round and the Celtics are good but can't get over the hump to win a championship and the Red Sox are pretty mediocre – This is now back to a Boston that so many Bostonians actually remember from before 2001. 
And it's made a lot of people very salty because you got the old folks that are like, yeah, exactly. And young people who are like, what's this? Well, it's the reality for like everybody else (laughs) forever. Nobody ever wins that much. Standing by with headlines this morning is a kind sir, Andrew Bogish. Bogeyman? DA, hello again. Shohei Otani was our cold open. He is the biggest name, but not the only one involved in trade rumors as the baseball season resumes tonight. Let me ask you about Otani. Mm-hmm. First, do you think they will trade him? I do not. Do you think they should trade him? I think if they are completely, utterly out of it by the end of the month, yes. And what do you think utterly out of it is? So then they're five out now. and I think Five out of the wild card. Out of the wild card, and there's four teams in between them That's and right. the wild card. Um, And the Mariners are right behind them. I think eight's the number for me. If you get to the end of July and you are more than eight out and there's four or five teams in front of you as well, that's far enough out for me. I think you're right. If they're far enough out, it would be crazy to just totally ignore getting a massive package of, of prospects. Right. Of course, not trading him gives you a, quote, upper hand in extending him. But if you're going to be out of it and miss the playoffs again, he's probably less likely anyway to re-sign with you. Yeah, and and I think what he said the other day was you know, that being on a winning team means more and more every year is a, is at them. I mean, that they're just not a winning team. This is what they always are. Right. Around and, 500. And he doesn't owe it to them. It doesn't make him a bad guy if he's, if he's to do it. But I also do think he kind of should tell them, I'm not staying here. That would be best case scenario. If get into the trade deadline, he goes, I'm not resigning anyway around here. So you might or, as well trade me. Or... If you were to trade me now, that would not preclude me from re-signing here. I think that's a hard thing to believe, that he could get traded away and then come back and sign. All I'm saying is that you, it's, let's all be adults here and have a conversation. Yes. And talk about this because the the worst case scenario to me is for him to leave, as we all assume he's going to, and the best they get back is a compensatory pick that's in the 70s of a baseball draft. See, I'm not convinced he wants to leave. I think he picked the Angels for a reason. There was strategy behind going to the Angels. Yes. It was the West Coast. It was a massive market, but it wasn't the Dodgers. I think he, he wants a lot of the things that the Angels provide from a geographical standpoint, cultural standpoint, market standpoint, but it's just not the winning. So I'm not convinced he wants to leave if he doesn't have to leave. But I think he feels like he's got to leave. You do. I mean, that's just that the the tone seems to have changed a little bit. It's been six years. That he's got to leave if he wants to win or got to leave to become a bigger entity. I think to win, just to win. Just to win. Just to win. Because I, I don't think we can fathom how significant he is in, in back home. Right. So, and obviously he's already... You got a new balance deal here, some other things. If he's a Dodger, obviously those things can grow. But I mean, he's pretty close to like maxed out what he makes off the field back in, in Asia. So I mean, like, I, I think yeah. now it's really about having success or at least the idea of success. Like, they're in fourth place in the AL West right now. I know. See, I see, if I'm the GM, I'm going to him now and I'm saying, hey, look, we might trade you, but it's not, we're, we are still interested in bringing you back in the offseason, but we need to restock, and it will give us a better chance to win next year if we do this now. That's, that's how I would point. pitch it to them. Right, yeah. I mean, if he cares about point. winning there, that's a conversation to have. Yeah. I've heard some people kick around the Rays 
as a potential destination. They've got the farm system. Mm -hmm. They're a good team. Would that not be the strangest two-month two rental of all right. time if Shohei Otani becomes a Ray for two months? <laughs> that would be so bizarre. Well, they definitely could win the World Series if that's the case. They could win the World Series without him. Yeah. But yeah, with him, right. definitely. Yeah, and, then, and that's the thing now. Probably the Angels really missed their chance to trade him a year ago. That was the time where you could have really maxed out the package for him because now he is just a rental. I'm like, the Rays are not going to sign him. So the Rays are only trading for him for these two months. The Yankees, the Dodgers, you know, they're looking at it as a possibility also to have him long-term, right. woo him now. The Rays want him. So, like, they're not going to give you every. I mean, the, the names you mentioned in the Yankee rumors are like, huh, guys to me. Yeah. Like, I mean, last year, you'd have to almost demand Jason Dominguez, who is like a man. What's his nickname? Something Martian because he's an alien. Martian. Yeah, because he's a switch hitting like 16 year old center fielder when they signed him. He was already hitting like he was 26. But you can't ask for him now because, in theory, you're only trading him for two months. They missed the boat on that. And now they're going to get, you know, we kept mentioning the Soto trade from last year. They'd be lucky, it, it almost seems like, to get a high-end guy mm. like the the Nats did. August 1 is Shohei Otani an angel. Trade deadline's the 31st? No, yes. it's the 1st. Okay. That's August 1st. So is August 2nd is Shohei an angel? Yes. Pete? No. Yeah, they don't have the guts to do it. They don't have the guts, and they wasted mm. too much time. They're not going to get anything of actual tremendous value back. At least I wouldn't. Right. I wouldn't give anything because if I'm a, if I'm a World Series contender, like the Dodgers or like the I'm trying to think here, the Rangers, I would which they probably wouldn't make the deal. Um, every, yeah, the Braves. I'm going to say okay, sure. Would Shohei put me over the top? Oh, yeah, for sure. But I already feel great about my chances as it is. Why would I give up prospects when all I have to do is wait? Three more months, and then I can I can just pay money and not have to give up anything else, and then I can have them for the next ten years. Some team, I said this a couple of weeks ago. Some team is going to want to go over the top, and they want to win the World Series now, so they're going to do it for now. They're going to view you as a rental. Never underestimate a GM that feels like if he wins a World Series today or makes a World Series, gets assigned an extension to the offseason. Right. And who, put cares about, up. and who cares about the prospects is going to trade him anyway. But it's no guarantee that Otani even re-signs in the winter, Agreed. which is obvious. Agreed. I think they're going to keep slipping, and I think they're going to trade him. But I, I like your take of they don't have the guts to do it, because I, I do wonder if they've they got the guts to do it. They don't have The owner doesn't have the guts. He he can't bring himself to, to be the guy that... Because don't forget, he was about to sell the team, said never mind, is keeping it. He He's not going to oversee getting rid of him. There's another part to this. I think there's a chance that they try to off some salary with this if they move Otani. You got to so, take Rendon with him. Take Rendon with him, and you don't have to give back much. And I think if they can do that, they will do it. Which probably takes a team like the Rays out of the mix. Right. Yeah, because Rendon still has how many years left in that but even that, deal. Which, and sometimes those deals make sense money-wise, but now you're depleting the point of the trade. The point of the trade is to right. put five or six high-end names into your system right. to fill out the rest of the roster. Now you're making a team take Rendon, so you're saving money, but you're also not getting back what you should be getting back, and you're already not getting back what you should have gotten back for Otani in the first place. But, but yep. if you're able to yep. shed that salary and sign a couple free agents with Otani... Potentially in the offseason, that's another way you could go about it, too. It's an interesting 
I mean, we got two weeks to see if perhaps the greatest baseball player ever gets traded. Right. And I mean, and I guess the good news for them is they're playing the Astros and the Yankees right out of the gate, and those are two teams ahead yeah. of them in the wild card spot. So they could, in a week from now, if things don't go well, they may already have to be in the position to make right. up their minds. When was the last time this has happened? Something, some, a player of this magnitude at the deadline. I, the last, like maybe close to it, not not of this magnitude, but a big time player like this. I think it was Verlander when he got moved the first time from Detroit. That's one, two that I can think of. Randy Johnson when he got traded from the Mariners to the Astros, and mm-hmm. they made that run to the to the playoffs. So he was just a rental. I mean, and then, Soto should have been last year. That guy Soto a, was traded, wasn't he? Yeah, he's like 11 years old. He's, a, he's amazing. Right. But it wasn't a rental, right? It's not a rental. And he was not great as a Padre right. initially last right. year. I'm thinking of Randy Johnson. I think that was 98. And then Beltran. When Beltran got traded to the Astros and they made the run That's to the right. World Series. And he was everything to the Astros. Mm-hmm. He changed the whole thing. But, again, that was a rental as well, right? Because he signed yes. that offseason with the Mets. Yes. But also, and you know, he's not Otani. No, it's true. Neither one of those guys, and those are great players. Randy Johnson, one of the greatest right-handers ever, left-handers ever. But still, neither one of them also pitched or hit home right. runs. And that Randy Johnson <laughs> trade was when the trade deadline was at midnight. Oh yeah, yeah. I was at I was at Shea Stadium when that whole thing was going on. Mm, that was a big one. Uh, that was a big big talk. Um, some other news, Northwestern baseball has its own issues. Manager Jim Foster fired yesterday for bullying players and fostering a toxic environment. Reportedly, Foster discouraged players from getting treatment for injuries, made at least one inappropriate remark about a female staff member. This was known before this past season, but Foster kept working. Staff members and coaches reportedly wanted to meet with the AD about the problems, but were denied. Meanwhile, defensive coordinator David Braun will run the football team for the coming season after Pat Fitzgerald's firing. Braun was hired from North Dakota State only in January, so was not involved in the hazing scandal. And our nameless city has two football teams with top-end <laughs> players looking for extensions. The green team got theirs done, inking D-tackle Quinnen Williams, four years, 66 mil guaranteed. Only Aaron Donald makes more than a yearly average at that position. Williams, a first-time All-Pro and Pro Bowler last season, thanks to a career-high 12 sacks. DA, back to you. Thank you, Bogue. Sound check coming up next. On this cut sheet, I see Quinn Ewers discusses shaving his mullet, Britney Spears on Wembeyama, and Shep goes after somebody on the station, which I'm fired up about. DA, CBS Sports Radio. CBS presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. All right. The DA Show, always available in podcast form. The best of the show with the full four hours plus the PGP permission granted podcast. All available anywhere that you get your podcasts, and on the free Odyssey app. We begin with Kyler Murray. We talked about this quote yesterday on the show. The podcast finally was unveiled via the Cardinals. This is the Cardinals' flight plan podcast. It's frustrating. It's frustrating, especially when, you know, I feel like since I've been in the league, all we've done is go up. You know, I got better every year. And then to take like a, you know, hit a, hit a wall year four after – especially after going through the whole contract thing. Like, 
I got COVID in camp. I hurt my wrist in camp, so I missed a lot of those reps. Um, and then trying to play catch up during the season. It was just like, it was just kind of like a compilation of the things going on. But you work your whole life to kind of, I've done everything right as far as off the field, on the field, you know what I'm saying? I try to try to treat people the right way, but it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? I think winning, winning cures all. Quote, I got better every year. Quote, I've always done everything the right way. I treat people the right way. Spoken like a true 13-year-old gamer. <laughs> That's your franchise quarterback. I got better every year. I do everything the right way. Okay. Here's Quinn Ewers, Longhorns QB at Big 12 Media Days. He went from mullet to no mullet. Definitely heard the noise, for sure. So, <laughs> it always comes. They loved it, but ultimately I looked at it like it was time for me to kind of grow up, you know, get get myself, you know, right. And it was too, it was too long, man. It was like touching my back. I was kind of weird. It was impressive, <laughs> Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm never going to kill a kid of how he wears his hair, especially in college. I kind of feel like if Quinn Ewers just wanted to do the mullet, it's not going to really affect how I look at him in the draft. If we got to the NFL and he's still sporting a mullet to kind of be funny and quirky and ironic or whatever, I'd be like, mm, now you're really like being paid like a lot of money and you're a franchise QB, et cetera. But I don't know. Mullet in college, I feel like I can laugh it off. No big deal. You don't have to worry about kind of growing up as yeah, a quarterback at Texas. Maybe, but I'll speak for myself and Pete and other older follically challenged people. The amount of <laughs> hair that boys are growing under the age of 18 these days, on the hairs, it's ridiculous, these haircuts. Mm. Floppy mops, hairs everywhere, mullets going over their ears, huge bangs. <laughs> There's a lot of, what do they call it, salad, lettuce? Boy, what's the, what's the Zoomer lettuce. thing? Lettuce. Or you go one step further. Lettuce in Spanish is lechuga. Sometimes in college you say nice chug. Yeah. Oh wow. It's at. It's like they're taunting us. Yeah. You can't grow it. We can grow it in spades. Yeah. yeah. And then the beards too. The beards are long, and that's even worse. Mm. So you see a guy with a long beard, and you have no hair. We're jerks. Head. We're basically talking like a bunch of old guys of the '60s. These damn hippies! <laughs> Shave your hair, your beards. Definitely facial hair. Clean it up. Here's Britney Spears via all of her social media channels. Google, Yahoo, Facebook, Twitter. Not, not getting the benefit of the doubt from Wembayama fan. I heard on the news saying that I deserve to be smacked. Security was doing their job and protecting their client. I've been with the most famous people in the world in sync at one time. Girls would like literally throw themselves at them. On my way into the place, actually, I was knocked down by like three 12-year-olds, my security not one time, touched them or even came near them. And um, I did get an apology, um, but I have yet to receive a public apology. Yeah, there was something really depressing about this video. Brittany has her eyes kind of glazed over. She's still wearing crop tops. She's probably 40-something years old at this point in time. You know, she's talking about getting hit by Wembyama's team. She doesn't deserve the hate. It's like, ugh. This did not help out your cause. Although Moraz does have a Britney Spears t-shirt. And we're talking about traveling with NSYNC on the road 25 years ago. And you're like, oh boy. Finally, I haven't heard this clip and I need to hear it. Here is Shep from last night. Shep, how are you this evening? You good? I'm exhausted, JR. How are you? Oh man, well, I'm sorry. Do you, 
We need a five hour or uh, coffee. We need other people to step up. That, that's that's what we need. Oh well, damn. Do I need the side? Well, not a coffee or five hour. You need to send an email. I need. There needs to be a, a consensus around here uh, in general, um, where people understand where if they are hired, they need to step up and do their part. Okay. Um, I'm being one thousand percent honest right now. You and okay. I do a lot here, and there's Me? a lot of people. Yes, and there are a lot of people here <laughs> that do a lot here. Everyone, everybody. Yeah. Needs yeah. to get that memo. That's how okay. I'm doing. Okay. What more? Well, ain't nothing I can add to that. Nothing. Shep said it all. Shep has spoken. Shep wisdom. All right, Shep. Well, let me know if I need to send an email or uh, make a trip to New York, okay? <laughs> We're good. It's a, it's a generational thing, JR. Okay. Let's pull down the music here and whoa, start whoa, whoa. getting into some Detective Milkshake area. What do we think happened? He says generational. So this is clearly... Somebody young who has been recently hired. Right. And so this is a tape op, my guess is. Somebody at night working that didn't edit tape the right way. Uh, I think I, I think I know what happened. Okay. Pete Bellotti on the case. Dum, dum. No, um, we had to have a fill-in for Amy a couple nights ago because the fill-in called out. So we couldn't get anyone in terms of the time. So Shep did Amy's show as well, and he got an extra day off. Wow. Oh. He produced Amy's show? Oh, he produced Amy's yes. show. Mm. So and this so, is... so somebody who was supposed to produce bailed at the last second, yeah. and it was a younger guy? I know who it is. Yes. Me too. Do we say it now, or do we tease it till the next hour? Oh, we tease it, obviously. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to put this on blast. All right. So Shep is upset that a producer younger than him bailed on a responsibility forcing I, Shep I think, to have to do it. I think he's upset more at that no one else stepped up. That's my that'd be my guess. Okay, more on this when we come back here on the show. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.